Hey guys, it's Pastors Aaron and Terry Bagwell, and we wanted to say thank you for listening to this week's podcast. If you enjoy this podcast, be sure to share it with a friend to keep others around you encouraged throughout the week. We hope you have a blessed day and enjoy the podcast. God bless you. Today I want to talk to you on who is the Holy Spirit. Now, I've called this series Introducing the Holy Spirit because every one of us is at a different season in our walk of faith. And that's normal in church. There's some of us in here that maybe have served God for 20, 30, 40, or maybe longer, years. You've had a long time vested in your faith journey. And there's others of us that maybe have, have only served God a very short amount of time, maybe less than a year, maybe just a few months. Maybe a few days. Wherever you're at, the beautiful thing is God's word is eternal. And because he's eternal, that means that everything we get from his word is the same yesterday, today, and forever. You know, that's out of Hebrews 13. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. It also teaches us that his words shall endure forever. So as we grab a hold of the Holy Bible which is the word of God for us. It's not just for us on earth, but it's actually his words for all of eternity for us. So what a beautiful thing that he's given us that didn't just come in 2023, that it's been around for thousands of years. It's the written word of God. But not only is it the written word of God, it's the living word of God. And that his word is alive for you and for me. And the reason it's alive is so that we can walk and the living truth that is available to every one of us as believers. If you're in the room, say yes. yes. Who's the Holy Spirit? Now, the Holy Spirit may sound kind of funny to you if you've never heard of it before. In fact, in the King James Version, it's called the Holy Ghost. And so growing up, we only had King James. And so I heard a whole lot about the Holy Ghost. And we'd seen songs about the Holy Ghost, and we'd talk about the Holy Ghost, being filled with the Holy Ghost. And um, I remember when I got a little bit older and my friends in high school, we talk about the Holy Ghost, you know, and I have friends like, what, what's the Holy Ghost? You know, like, and I never had context to think like, oh, maybe that's kind of strange verbiage, you know, like it's the Holy Ghost, you know, like, you know, the Holy Ghost, They're like, dude, I'm scared of ghosts, you know, <laughs> like, you don't have to be scared of the Holy Ghost, you know, because the world builds such a context around the word ghost, you know, it's, uh, you know, scary, you know, paranormal, you know, you have all these shows on Discovery Channel and they're like looking, they're looking for ghosts. What they're actually, they do encounter spirits. They're just demonic spirits. There are spirits roaming this earth, by the way. They're called demons and they're nothing new. Jesus had to cast out demons all the time. Demons would come upon people all the time. So if you go looking for demons, can I tell you, you'll find them. Don't look for them. But when you walk in the power of the Holy Spirit, you have the authority to cast them out. Can we say amen? amen? The Bible teaches us we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against spiritual wickedness in high places. This is in the book of Ephesians, chapter 5, chapter 6. Read it. It'll bless you. And as you begin to read these things, you begin to understand there is actually a spiritual war taking place in the heavenlies. And the fights that we're seeing here are actually shallow. There's a much deeper fight taking place for your eternal soul. Are you in the room? So we have to understand who the Holy Spirit is so that we can really understand who God is. So I want to read a few scriptures today. If you have your Bible, please open it to John chapter 14, verse 26. And I want to kick this off. These are Jesus's words. It says, but the helper... The Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all things that I said to you. Today, I want to give you four, four key things of who the Holy Spirit is. So let's get into it today. Be sure to take notes, take pictures, whatever you want. But here we go. First one is this. The Holy Spirit is not what, but who. Very important. Not what, but who. The Holy Spirit's not an it. The Holy Spirit's not some strange cosmic 
Casper the Friendly Ghost or something, okay? But who? I want to read that same scripture, but I want to read it in the Amplified Version. If you've never read out of the Amplified Bible, I encourage it from time to time because it helps break words open and give you a deeper understanding of the word. So let's read it. Do you have the Amplified, by the way? No, okay. Well, I'm going to read it to you. So in the Amplified, it says, but the comforter, in other words, the counselor, the helper, the intercessor, the advocate, the strengthener, that's the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name. Jesus said he's going to send in my name, and what that means is he's going to send it in my place. He's sending the Holy Spirit to represent me or act on my behalf. Jesus said he will teach you all things. Now, isn't that interesting? Can we pause there? Jesus said the Holy Spirit will teach you all things, not him. He's leaving us physically. He was telling his disciples, I'm about to go. And if you look around right now, Jesus is not physically present on this world. He's not here right now. He's coming back again, but he's not here. So who's our teacher? The word of God. But who reveals it? The Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is your teacher. Revealing the words of Jesus. Helping us as we walk along our path in our walk of faith. He will teach you all things, all right? And he, meaning the Holy Spirit, will cause you to recall, which means to remind you or bring to your remembrance everything that I've told you. Can we all say amen? amen. It's a common misconception. The Holy Spirit's an it. The Holy Spirit is not an it. It is the person of the Holy Spirit. You may have seen the Holy Spirit represented as a dove, not Casper the friendly ghost, as I've mentioned. That, in fact, when Jesus was baptized in the Jordan River, it said that the heavens opened up and the Holy Spirit came down upon him and it descended like a dove. Didn't mean it was a literal dove, you know. You know, I used, in Arizona, I used to shoot them. I hope it doesn't bother you, but they were, you know, they all over my pool. And so anyway... I kind of felt bad, honestly, shooting doves because of this, but, but the Holy Spirit was like a dove, like a dove. And what does that mean? A dove is gentle, uh, a dove, and, and many times the representation of the Holy Spirit is a pure white dove, right, representing. So we have a lot of imagery associated with the Holy Spirit because of this. Now, the Holy Spirit is part number two here. I want to get this. The Holy Spirit is part of the trinity what is the trinity the trinity is god the father god the son and god the holy spirit it's so important for us to understand this that's what the word trinity means it's three parts yet one three and one the trinity can be a little confusing because you say well the holy spirit wait a second so you got god the father okay i know god i can get that some guy in a big white robe and a throne upstairs, right? You know, it's like, no, that's not who God is. That's, in fact, the Bible says, uh, don't make false images of God the Father. Don't, don't, don't try to carve him out. He's not Zeus, okay? He's not up there throwing lightning bolts and stuff, you know, because the man likes to try and create what they think God looks like. But actually, in the Ten Commandments, all the way back in the Old Testament, God said, don't even attempt. You're not going to do it. You're not going to do it right. God the Father, okay? Then God sent his only begotten son, Jesus. So who is Jesus? Fully God, yet fully man. He was God in flesh, okay? But he was the seed of the Holy Spirit. Now I'm really confusing you, I know. That Mary was a virgin, but yet to have a baby, you have to have seed. But there was no man's seed. It was the seed of of the Holy Spirit. Okay? So you have Trinity. Now think of the Trinity just like you would water. Okay? Let me take you back to science class. Uh, anybody know the three forms of water? Yes, Jules. What are they? Okay. Mm. There you go. Come on. Give Jules a hand. Come on. That was good class participation. I liked it. But we understand this with water, that water can be in three different forms, yet it's all H2O. Does that make sense? And so many times the Trinity can be explained in the same way, to understand that it's all God, but different forms 
of God. Everybody with me? I'm doing a little teaching right now. But the teaching is important because sometimes in church, some churches just steer away from it. Like, we don't want to mess with it. It just seems weird, so I don't want to talk about it. And they're missing the best parts. It's my opinion, based off my experiences. When you dive into the depths of who the Holy Spirit is, it's an incredible experience that you can have. But you got to understand biblically what you believe and why. The Holy Spirit is our ever-present helper. The Holy Spirit is, you got that point? Put it up for me. Our ever-present helper. An ever-present helper. He's always here. Now, I want to I reveal some things that the Holy Spirit has been around from the very beginning. And we can read about him in Genesis chapter 1, verse 1 and 2. It says, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Verse 2, the earth was without form. It was void and darkness was on the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. Before God had the seven days, before God created man, before God created the animals, before God created everything that we know, that Genesis breaks down, the Spirit of God was hovering over the darkness and the void. Why? Because it's God. The Spirit of God is God. He was present. And the Holy Spirit is the presence of God on earth. Now, one day, if you die in Christ, you will get to see God face to face for the first time. You can see Jesus. You can see his kingdom. You can be in the kingdom. You're an adopted son and daughter of God because of the blood and the price that Jesus paid on Calvary for you and for me. And it's something we could never earn because God is perfect. God is holy. You can't have any sin in the presence of God. And so we would never be able to get to God if it wasn't for a path that was made through his son named Jesus. God had to send Jesus to give his life as a perfect sacrifice that would be the atonement of our sins for all eternity. No human being could do this, but the seed of the Holy Spirit could. So when we get to heaven, we will be in communion with God the Father, with Christ, with the Holy Spirit, all together, face to face. But on earth, you only get to experience the Holy Spirit. Now, the disciples got to experience Jesus and the Holy Spirit. They had a really cool life. They also got martyred. But talk about a depth in their faith. They experienced two versions of the Trinity. But one day, all of us will experience all three versions of the Trinity face to face. But for now, on earth, the Holy Spirit is heaven for us. It's the touch of the supernatural. It's God's presence on the earth right now. Everybody with me? Now, Jesus depended on the Holy Spirit because you have to understand that Jesus came and gave up his deity. He gave up his power in heaven, okay? So when Jesus came to earth, he did not come as the almighty creator. He surrendered his powers. He surrendered all that he had and left it and came humbly as a man and only operated through the power of the Holy Spirit. Now, hopefully I'm not losing you. Everybody still with me? Now, listen to this. Jesus depended on the Holy Spirit, and so should we. Why is this important? Jesus is our ultimate example of what it means to live on earth. Too many times we think this is all there is. So we think, oh, my goodness, if I live 90 years, you know, it's such a long time. But really, when you get in depths of the word, you realize, man, our sin on earth is but a blink of an eye. That's what the word says. And, and so we have to understand that everything we're discussing, we're talking about our life on earth solely. But what we do on earth is massive because it is our opportunity to connect and get it right with God or to reject him. Jesus said, There will be those that will receive the word and they will be saved. And there will be those that will reject the word and they will be damned. That's what it says in King James. What does that mean? It means that they'll be separated from God for all eternity. That's what hell is. 
a complete separation from God. Say, I can't believe in hell. Well, I'm sorry you don't like it, but it's not your choice. There are facts, and there's a creation in a universe and a whole system of eternity that was created, and you weren't a part of that. You are the creation. So a surrendering to God the Father says, Lord, help me understand all this stuff. This is where the Holy Spirit comes in. The Holy Spirit is our teacher. He reveals the word to us so we can begin to understand and walk in that word and then walk in the fullness of life. And all of a sudden you start looking at Jesus and Jesus is like, man, if you guys could get this, the things I'm doing, you can do. But Jesus, you, you healed the blind. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. You could do that. Nah, but Jesus, you, you healed that layman. You could do that. But Jesus, you, you walked without sin. You could do that. Nah. Right? It blows us away because we don't have a clue that Christ was trying to show us. I'm not doing this in a power that you don't have. I am doing this only through the power of the Holy Spirit. So if you walk and live a life in the Holy Spirit, you are now walking in an opportunity to walk and talk and do what Jesus Christ himself did on the face of the earth while he lived on the earth. Are you with me? So Jesus was conceived by the Holy Spirit. He was taught by the Holy Spirit. Jesus was empowered by the Spirit at the Jordan River. He did not do one miracle until he was baptized in the Spirit. Jesus was led by the Spirit. And Jesus only spoke what he heard the Spirit speaking to him. So the question for us today is how dependent are we on the Holy Spirit? Jesus was solely dependent upon the Holy Spirit. And every action he took and everywhere he walked and when he started to feel a little distant from the Holy Spirit, which happens, right? Life and stress and pressure and everything else, he faced it too. He faced mobs. He faced people wanting to kill him and throw him in jail constantly. What did he do? He retreated back to the presence of God in isolation. He retreated back to mountaintops to pray. He retreated to places to say, God, I need to find you again. Lord, where are you? Where are you? And the Holy Spirit would come instantly. See, we all can get a little distant from God, but if we can learn what Christ did and do what Christ did, you can recharge real quick. If you let a few years go by, yeah, it's going to be a little bit different journey. I think Bud beautifully said it today. Wow, man, I, now I know what I know, but I didn't know. But it took like, you know, some 10 years. Man, I, I look back. But God's so good, he, he'll catch you up real fast. But I appreciate you sharing that, though, brother, because it was very real. It was honest. It was something from your life. And it's very truthful that many of us walk through moments where we sin and we fall short or we fall away or we give in to temptation of sin. Remember that being tempted of sin isn't sin, but yielding to the temptation is the sin. So you're always going to be tempted of things. You'll be tempted to sin. You'll be tempted to cuss someone out. You'll be tempted to punch someone in the face. You'll be tempted by lust. You're going to be tempted by greed. You're going to be tempted by these things that come upon you. You'll be tempted to have adultery. You'll be tempted to watch pornography. You're going to be tempted to fill in the blank. Tempting, tempting, tempting. Being tempted is not sin. Jesus was tempted in all ways this is what the bible says like you and i yet without sin how is that possible the holy spirit Amen. he was dependent upon the holy spirit so the holy spirit kept him straight the holy spirit kept him in the right course the holy spirit kept him walking in his purpose his calling Every moment and every second to the point he was in the Garden of Gethsemane, knowing what was about to take place. The Holy Spirit had already revealed it to him. You will be crucified for mankind. You're about to walk through something nobody else maybe could ever even fathom. And he sat there and it says that he sweat, uh, 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 you know, drops of blood. It was so stressful. And he prayed. He said, God, is there any way this cup can pass from me? And the Holy Spirit said, no. He said, then your will be done, not mine. And he walked out of there. Now, Peter saw the guards coming, chopped ears off. They're like, you're not taking my Jesus. You know, you know, very zealous. You know, you ever met a really zealous Christian? They're not necessarily in alignment with what God's doing, but man, they're fired up. They're fired up. I remember one time I was at a youth conference and there was a, um, you know, youth conferences are great. I loved youth conferences. 
we, we want to do some youth conferences. How many, how many young people would like to be part of some youth conferences? We're going to do them. It's going to be awesome. But I remember I was at this youth conference, and it was real fiery, you know what I mean? They're preaching and teaching, and, you know, teenagers are like, woo, like, let's get it. So they had a person, a young person come, and they were in a wheelchair, and they were, had a disability or something. Well, somebody said, I believe Jesus can heal that person. That's great. I think that's great faith. Now, I've prayed for many, many people in wheelchairs. And I'll tell you this. I have seen God heal people out of wheelchairs. I've seen instant miracles. I've also seen moments where it didn't happen. I yield it all to God. I say, this is in God's hands. Well, the zeal started flying. So one started praying, hallelujah. They're like, get out of the wheelchair. They're like, I can't. You know? And then a few more kids come. They're like, come on, come on. We got a team. We got to increase the faith, you know? But then there was like 20 kids and this poor child in the wheelchair is like, ah, you know, and all these, get out of the wheelchair, you know, it was out of hand. And one of the youth leaders saw it and had to break it up and rebuke all those zealous, they, they were Peter, okay? They were chopping guards' ears off like, nope, you didn't hear the spirit of God, you're just zealous. There is a difference. So how do you know the difference, the Holy Spirit? The Holy Spirit's gentle. The Holy Spirit is not coming in like a wrecking ball trying to destroy people or make people feel horrific or all these things. The Holy Spirit is amazing. It's powerful. It's gentle. He's glorious. Everything we know about the tangible reality of God on this earth is through the Holy Spirit. This is why this is so important to get. There's little church denominations. They talk about the Holy Spirit, but then that's it. And they don't, they don't really believe in the moving of the Holy Spirit. And that's why sometimes you can go to these places and be like, Man, it's dry in here, you know. I mean, it's just, is God even here? Because if you don't have a, a, an atmosphere that says, Holy Spirit, we want your presence in this place, you won't be there. Talk about feeling the presence of God. What are you feeling? The Holy Spirit. Talk about walking in the gifts of the Spirit. How? The Holy Spirit. I mean, it's the gifts of the Spirit. So, I mean, you know, go figure. Knowing when to step out in faith. How do I know? You ever had that nudging as a Christian? Man, I should really pray for this person. Oh, but, I, oh, but I'm nervous now. And you're like, you're pacing on the inside, you know, and you're doing this. And the whole time the waitress is like, sir, sir, do you want water or a Coke or what? You know, and you're like, I think I should pray for this person. But <clears throat> Coke, thank you. That's the Holy Spirit pushing on you, nudging on you to step out in faith. Help this person in need. Help this person who's asking for money. Help this person who looks like everything's put together. But deep down, something's going on, and God's trying to speak to you, to speak to them, to bring life to them. I gave the example of Bud ministering to that young man. By all accounts, that young man had everything put together. But Bud began to speak a word into his life from the Holy Spirit. And when the Holy Spirit spoke the word, it penetrated in a place that nobody in that room had any idea about. But God knows. So God uses the Holy Spirit to penetrate into someone's heart. Why? To reveal the reality that I'm real in your life. And I've seen God use my life in this way so many times. And I'll minister to a person prophetically. These are the words from the Bible, part of the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And when the words come out, I don't know these people. Most of the time, I don't know anything about these people. They're strangers or I just travel there to be a guest. But the Holy Spirit knows all. So I start speaking it and they start maybe crying or sometimes just stare at you like they want to punch you. I don't know. I just trying to be obedient. I'll never forget. I was in I was in Latvia years ago when I first started traveling Eastern Europe and I felt a prophetic word for this man. And he was an older man. And I said he was an old communist man. Now, I know that's a weird thing to say, but he fit every stereotype of what I thought an old communist man looked like. He just had the look. And he looked like through my soul. He was just like, mm, you know, in his suit color and everything. And I know, okay, I'm a horrible person. I'm sorry. But I was in this communist, former communist land, and you could feel it all right because I wasn't in the main cities on the outskirts. Everything's gray. Everything's dark. Everything's like a movie set. But it was real life for all these people. And I remember looking at this man, and the Lord gave me a very specific prophetic word for his life, and I just started speaking it. And I had to translate it. And he just stared at me so intensely the whole time. I'm like, this man is going to 
eat my face off, you know, like, it just was so intense. And then I just said, that's all I felt the Lord say. And then I just asked him, here's the cool part about God. You ever want to, so this is, if you want to step out in faith in the Holy Spirit, test it. A lot of, lot of people, when they get into this, they're like, amen, see you later. And they want to run away, you know. You really want to get out? Then ask them. Did anything I just say mean anything to you? Because it sure didn't mean anything to me. But I felt the Holy Spirit gave it for me. And I remember I asked this man, I said, did anything I just say to you mean anything to you? And I'll never forget this. This seemingly hard as a rock man, one tear fell out of his eye and strolled down his cheek. And I remember he said, duh, because he spoke Russian. Duh, duh. And he grabbed my hand and started shaking my hand off. You know, I thought my arm was going to fly. Duh! And I'm like, what's happening right now? You know, you have very strange experiences in ministry sometimes. Why was he reacting that way? Because it was the Holy Spirit. God had just spoken something to him that I couldn't have known. Nobody in that room could have known. I couldn't base it off some emotional reaction or anything like that. It was just like, Holy Spirit, I feel like you're telling me to say this to this man, and I'm just being your vessel, so just flow through me. And he did. And that man, when he heard that word, all he had for me was big handshakes, and he gave me the hardest hug I've ever had in my life. I thought it was, like, going to break my back, like Street Fighter Zangief style. I mean, it was, I, I thought, I, you know, but it was an amazing moment where I understood something. Wow, that, was, that wasn't me. That was Jesus. That was the Holy Spirit. That was God moving. Are you with me today? Amen. How dependent are we? You cannot move and step out in faith without the Holy Spirit. You can't pray for someone with power without the Holy Spirit. We can pray. You ever felt what felt like powerless prayers by somebody? I have. I'm sure I've prayed some myself. But when you have the Holy Spirit, your prayers have something different on them. It's like that special hot sauce, you know? It's like, woo! that's different because there was something special on the prayer it wasn't just my words out of my brain anymore there was something from my spirit now the the bible says your body is the temple of the holy spirit which means that when you are a christian and you receive christ and we're going to talk through the series about what it means to be like baptized in the holy spirit he takes up residence with you I mean, and Jesus said, hey, open the door to your heart. I'm knocking. Let me in. These types of communications through the word come to us saying, I want to be with you, dwell with you, not leave you. The only time the Holy Spirit left Jesus was when he took upon the sin of the world. And he looked up and he knew the spirit of God left him. He said, God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Because at that time he bore the sin of the earth. And God forsook him. He took his presence off of him, his Holy Spirit. Powerful stuff, isn't it? Ooh, and the last part about being dependent on him, the conviction of the Holy Spirit. Woo, that's a good one. Conviction is the most powerful thing, the Holy Spirit. I, I think it's the most beautiful thing. That God allows the conviction of the he's our ever present helper. He's helping us. Conviction of the Holy Spirit instantly shows you you just broke God's law. You sinned. Even if you thought a thought, remember what Jesus says. You say I haven't committed adultery, but if you even look at a woman in lust, you've committed adultery in your heart. They were like, What? You said you haven't murdered, but if you even look at someone and say, You fool. You've murdered them in your heart. Jesus gave very extreme things. And what was the point of this? To say, first of all, your righteousness is nothing. Stop standing on your righteousness. It's not going to get you anywhere. Secondly, the Holy Spirit will reveal things to you to let you know if your thinking's wrong. To let you know if what you're doing is wrong. Have you ever done something in life? I know I have. And the second I did it or said it or it came out of my mouth, instantly I was like, oops. I feel icky, right? You're like, I feel bad. Why did I say that? Why did I do that? Or maybe you walk away and feel it later. Like you told someone off and they deserved it, but yet the Lord convicts you of it later and you have to go back and ask for forgiveness. That's the Holy Spirit. Now think about it. If you don't have the Holy Spirit in your life, you'll never feel bad about that stuff. 
And if you find people that are without Christ, you can find they can cuss everybody and their mom out. They can jump out their car and threaten to kill you. In fact, they might kill people. We see it all the time. People don't have God. And so they have no conviction. They have no morality if it gets to extreme levels. And the enemy is operating through that. And this is why such fear comes upon the earth. Because we have people that are losing their mind. They're battling demonic forces. And so now they're thinking, man, I need to go shoot someplace up. Or I need to go hurt some people. Or I need to commit suicide. Or I need to take these drugs. Or, or all of it combined. And the enemy is warring with people's hearts and minds. And if you don't know the Holy Spirit, you have nothing to fight against it. That's why the world needs the church. This is why the world needs you. God needs you. He wants you in his army. He needs you to get out there and bring the love and good news of the gospel to look at a person who's so hurting and broken and lost and say, I know you don't think there's any hope for your life. That's a lie. There is hope. His name is Jesus and the power of his Holy Spirit can come on you and change you and transform you. You don't have to be this person anymore. You can be changed by the glory and the power of God. And he does this through the Holy Spirit. Last, and not least, last but not least, the Holy Spirit is leading us to salvation. The first work of the Holy Spirit in our life is salvation. John 16, 5. But now I am going away to the one who sent me. This is Jesus talking. And not one of you is asking where I'm going. Instead, you grieve because of what I've told you. But in fact, it is best for you that I go away. Jesus is telling us this. It's good I'm leaving. Because if I don't leave, the advocate won't come. The helper. If I do go away, then I will send him to you. And when he comes, he will convict the world of its sins and of God's righteousness in the coming judgment. The world's sin is that it refuses to believe in me. Righteousness is available because I go to the Father and you will see me no more. Judgment will come because the ruler of this world has already been judged. That's the enemy. So the Holy Spirit is revealing sin the world's sin is that it refuses to believe in me. The Holy Spirit is revealing righteousness in verse 10. Jesus said righteousness is available because I'm going to the Father and you're not going to see me anymore. So what he's saying is because I'm leaving you, the Holy Spirit that I just operated in is coming to you now. It wouldn't come if I don't leave. But because I'm leaving, he's going to be released onto mankind. Now, the Holy Spirit's been there since the beginning. We read about that in Genesis. But it wasn't until this moment the Holy Spirit is taking up residence in the believers. God had created a system where his presence, his Holy Spirit, was kept in a temple behind a veil. And the only people that could get into his presence were ordained priests. And even they would die sometimes in his presence. Because of the intensity. But Jesus said, because I'm going, you're the temple now. That old temple is going to be destroyed. You're going to be the temple. The veil is going to be torn from top to bottom. No longer will there be a veil holding back my spirit from the face of this earth on mankind. It's going to be released onto the earth. And it's going to give you righteousness. Jesus came to save us in his sacrifice, paid for our salvation if we only believe. And the Holy Spirit's revealing judgment that Satan is defeated, death is defeated. Freedom in the Spirit. And the key didn't come up again. Thank you. Second Corinthians chapter 3, verse 17. For where the Spirit of the Lord is, and wherever the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Can we say that word together? Say freedom. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's freedom. Where the Spirit of the Lord is not, there's bondage. I've seen bondage all over the earth. I've seen it in the, the death of evil people that are in bondage. The way they traffic children. The way they just live in their lusts. 
I'm not going to go into detail, but we can all put the pieces together how evil this earth is. But where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's freedom. I've seen people full of Satan himself, full of the devil. I mean, they look like something out of a horror movie. Their eyes rolled back, foaming at the mouth, just like Jesus encountered. And I've had these moments where they've come at me, tried to attack me. And I said, well, they're either going to get me or in the name of Jesus, I'm going to have to cast out that spirit. Well, it's not me casting out. It's the Holy Spirit moving through me. And I've had to look. I mean, I've been in some voodoo witchcraft countries, y'all. I mean, it's real stuff. I say, in the name of Jesus, you go, you foul spirit. And they always leave. Why? It's the Holy Spirit. There is freedom where the Spirit of the Lord is. If you feel bondage in your life, get more, get more of the Holy Spirit. How do you get more of the Holy Spirit? Ask, number one. Say, Holy Spirit, I need you. Please take control. Not, not just be a part of my life. Not just hang out with me sometimes. Let's hang out for an hour, Holy Spirit, and then I'm good for a while. Again, but I'm using him as an example, but he said it best. You can't have it. You can't have both. You can't kind of be in the world and then be a Christian and kind of go back to the world and go back and forth and expect to receive the fruit of anything. James tells it that you're a double-minded man and stable in all your ways. Don't expect to receive anything from God. But when you fully commit and say, no, 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 I I'm giving up. I surrender to your will, Jesus. I surrender, hallelujah, to your purpose on my life. No longer am I going to just live for what I want. Lord, I'm surrendering at this altar. That's why the altars are, are holy and sacred. Because we're kneeling and saying, God, I'm giving you my life today. I'm giving you my life forever. Lord, I don't want to live for me. I don't want to live for my flesh. Holy Spirit, lead me. Guide me. Use me. Do what you want. Give me your words, Father. I'll do what you want me to do. I'll say what you want me to say. I'll go where you want me to go no matter the cost even if it costs my life so be it i'll be in your hands father even if it costs me everything i love so be it father you take care of me i trust you i trust you with my life so i give it to you father holy spirit take control when was the last time you prayed like that You have to pray like this. You have to surrender to God. Say, God, I don't want a little bit. I want all. I want everything. Pour it out, Jesus. Holy Spirit, lead my life. And right now, with your eyes closed in this moment, where are you at? When you believe in Christ, it was actually the first work of the Holy Spirit in your life, bringing faith to life and allowing us to see we are alive because of him. The Holy Spirit is the power of God in operation here on earth, and we are victorious in these things through him because he is our freedom. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Hallelujah. If we could pull the lights down just for a moment, I just feel led right now by the Spirit. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, for those in this room, say, God, I want to rededicate my life. I need to rededicate some things right now to God in this holy moment. Holy Spirit, I feel your presence so strong today. And no matter where you're at, nobody's looking around, but you could say, today I want to, I want to get it right with God. I want to rededicate I don't want to feel like I'm wandering. I don't want to feel like I'm, I'm in and I'm out, then I'm in and I'm out, but I want to surrender. If that's you, would you just raise your hand? Nobody looking. I just want to see who in this room that's you today. Amen. I see multiple hands going up. Praise God. Here's what I want us to do. I want us to pray together. And I'm going to lead you in this prayer. You can just repeat it, but we're all going to pray today. And as you pray this prayer, I believe chains are going to be broken off of your life. Because where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. 
Let's pray. Say, Lord Jesus, take control of my life. I've sinned. I've fallen short. But I receive your love. Take me as I am. I want to serve you. Holy Spirit, come into my life. Thank you. I give my life to you. Amen. Amen. Come on, let's clap our hands. Now, if you prayed that prayer this morning, you don't have to go back. That's the power of the Holy Spirit. You don't have to say, I'm in, I'm out, I'm in, I'm out all the time. The power of the Holy Spirit will help you overcome any temptation. Anything that the world is throwing your way, he can give you the strength to overcome it. He's your comforter. The Bible says he's your counselor. The Bible says he's the prince of peace. Read about the fruits of the spirit in Galatians. Read the whole book. So man, you tell me to read the Bible a lot. Yeah, that's how you know God. If you don't read the Bible, you're not going to know God. I'm giving you snippets, right? It's like cliff notes. Anybody do cliff notes in high school? I mean, not supposed to. Nobody did, okay? You don't want cliff notes. You want to get the whole thing. I'm so thankful for what the Lord is doing here today. What he's been doing over the last few weeks and months in our church. And I want to tell you something. For those that are saying yes to God, he will start pushing you in a beautiful way into things I believe you've only dreamt of. When you start serving God, he begins to reveal the depths of your purpose. And there's nothing greater on earth than this. Remember, our life on earth is short. It's a blink of an eye. So God put us here for a purpose. So Lord, when you surrender, he starts saying, I'm going to reveal some purpose to you. I'm going to show you why I made you the way I made you. You're quirky. I made you that way. You're quiet. I made you that way. You're loud. I made you that way. Whatever way you are, God made you that way. There's no shame in it. But he will reveal the purpose connected and attached to the wise. Lord knows Terry and I have learned this with our journey all over the earth. Wow, God, that's why you made me that way. I was wondering. It was pretty strange. Now I know why. It's all right. Be strange for Jesus. It's okay. You know, the Bible says we're a peculiar people to the world. The Bible says we should be living in the world, but not of the world. The Bible says we should be living a life that's going against the grain. So, you know, when you serve Jesus, you're pretty strange. So is John the Baptist. So is Jesus Christ himself. But the strangeness is connected to life and love and purpose and transformation and looking at the brokenness of this world and allowing God to put it back together again. The Bible says all things... God will turn it for good for those who love him. So I want to encourage you. He starts with you, though. He starts by healing you. He starts by making you better. He starts by getting you to the next level. Are you in this room today? So be encouraged today. Don't live in a place of doubt, despair, and shame or anything like that. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Amen. Amen. Well, I'm so happy we've been in church today. How many have been blessed today? Come on, give God one more praise. Ah, Man, we've been in some glorious services. I'm telling you on this last trip. And Terry and I have been praying. We said, God, we want your Holy Spirit to wreck our church. Just wreck it in a good way. Just, just take control. I don't know about you, but here's what I want. I want the Holy Spirit just to just take control of things in this room. I want when we sing our worship that people just get a little rowdy in this room a little bit. You know, you'd be like, I don't know how to sing, but hey, you know, I mean, just have fun with it. Get into his presence, dance and praise and jump and clap and worship the Lord in whatever way you feel led to worship him. But I want to tell you where the spirit of the Lord is, there's freedom. 
And we live in a world where maybe six days a week you're feeling anything but the Spirit of the Lord, depending on what you do. Man, when you walk in these doors, find your freedom. And when you find it, take it with you. And all of a sudden, you're going to start finding that freedom daily. That prayer I prayed today, I try to pray like that every morning of my life. Do I get it every morning? No, I'm not perfect. But I try. I want to tell you something. It resets some things in your life. God has such awesome plans for you. I hope you're ready to walk out of here more than a conqueror. Come on, somebody. We love you guys. Before we go, as always, we want to worship the Lord with our giving. How many know that that is an act of worship to God? Amen. It is. And we're going we're gonna, to, as always, we teach a lot in church. That's the purpose of the church. But we want to invite you to give today, to be a part of it. You can give at expecthopechurch.com. Uh, we have envelopes in the back of the chairs. If you'd like to give cash or check, write down a credit card, whatever you want to do. You can text 84321. It's the number. You can text an amount as your message. It'll walk you through a process. We want to thank you for being faithful in your giving. You know, we just shared in Albania. You know, I mean, we shared for what, 20, 30 minutes today, babe? How long did we share today? I mean, I mean, we can't share what all that God's doing in that amount of time. It's so much. And it's, that's just one country. Do you know, even our team, we didn't even visit everything we do in Albania. We visited half. It took us a whole week. God's doing so much. And, and, and Expect Hope is not just in Albania. We're also working in Mexico. We're working in Nepal. We're working in India. We're working in the Philippines. You hear what I'm saying? That the work of the ministry through Expect Hope is multinational. And it's growing. We can't, we can't even keep up with the growth. Right now, and I'm going to be honest, we are praying that God brings such a wave of abundance on this ministry that we can multiply 10 times the amount of lives and children and pastors that we can impact. Who will start praying for that with us? I want you to start praying for abundance on this ministry like never before because the work is so ripe. And so we're praying for more partners. We're praying for more people that us feel led of the Lord to start sponsoring, start helping the kids. I mean, but the work is so real. When we see these children taken from the street, should have been trafficked, should have been killed, should have been organ harvested, horrific stuff. And they're given life anew in Christ. And they're taught the love of God every day. And they're given food and shelter and education. And we're seeing these kids graduate high school. Let me tell you, it's less than uh, 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 like 5% that would normally graduate high school. And I think we have a 98% high school graduation rate going right now through Expect Hope Kids. And not only that, we're seeing college graduates. That's like negative 0.01 college graduates. And we're having multiple Expect Hope college educated kids these kids that shouldn't even be alive are receiving their college educations and you know what they're doing most of them they're going back to teaching they're going back to uh, government they say we want to change things and a lot of them are coming pastors and they're saying hey i want to serve the world like i was served and a lot of them have told us they want to start their own expect hope kids programs are you in this place god's doing a work everybody and it's awesome because it's so much bigger than any one of us but yet we're all participating. So when we sow, we are sowing into a vision that's touching the earth. It's a beautiful thing. And we can't wait to see all that God has for our church here. I mean, already, you know, it seems like so little compared to what's in our heart, but our first outreaches, our first youth outreaches, I mean, all these things are starting to take place. And God's beginning to move. And, you know, it takes time. We have to take time to build it and grow it. But every time you give, you're a part of this. You're connected to it. It's like Terry said, if you uh, maybe in those special offerings gave to somebody who went on a trip, you weren't able to go, but you sowed, you're connected. It's a beautiful thing. The Lord sees it all, and he'll bless you for it. He will. He's going to bless you for it. And his blessings come in all shapes and sizes beyond money. Sometimes it's money, but many times it's much bigger than that. God's a good God. How many know God's a good God? Amen. All right, so as we give today... Here's what I always challenge everyone with. Give with generosity. 
give, to, give with obedience to what the, the Holy Spirit tells you to do. How much should I give? Give with the, ask the Lord. He'll tell you. And God blesses us when we're obedient in this. He just does. So let's pray over this today. What do you say? Father, in Jesus' name, I bless every gift. Lord, I thank you that, Lord, you've given this ministry a huge vision. It's so big. And we're just getting started. And we're so grateful for every person who's a part of this mission. Lord, bless the offering today. Lord, I thank you. Lord, it's, it's going to be multiplied, pressed down, shaken together, running over, according to your word. I thank you, Lord, you're going to take care of every need of every person who's sowing. I think you're going to take care of every need of this church. And Father, I thank you. You know the bills. You know the vision more than any of us. Father, you're going to take care of all of us. So Lord, by faith we release. And Lord, we know that when we put it into your hands, Lord, you're going to do wonderful things. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, at this time, everybody, let's stand to our feet. And uh, if you have an envelope, you can come and give on dismissal here at our little box. And as always, we want to shake your hands, say goodbye. Thank you for joining us for church. Don't miss next Sunday. We're going to continue in our series on the Holy Spirit. God bless you. Hey, thank you so much for watching today, and I pray the message was a blessing to your life. If you want to stay up to date with all things Expect Hope, subscribe to us on YouTube and follow us on social media. You know, we can't do what we do without you. And if you'd like to make a donation to our ministry, please go to expecthopechurch.com. You know, it's impossible to meet all the needs without so many faithful supporters just like you. Thank you for your consideration. And if you're ever in the Denver area, we invite you to come join us for a service on Sunday morning. God bless you. Thank you guys for listening to this week's podcast. Be sure to subscribe and follow to stay up to date in everything we're doing at Expect Hope. We hope this podcast encouraged you and that it will help you through any trials you may be going through. Thanks again for listening and have a blessed rest of your week.